Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 91 of Justified Pursuit. It's great to be here with you, and it is great to see the good counselors yawning. He's not smiling. He's not really, he doesn't look upset. He's just yawning over there. You told me off the air, Chisholm, that you're just feeling old. Yeah. <laughs> tired, tired, tired a lot these days. Kind of sucks. Uh, forty, you're forty. Are you forty-one yet? Oh yeah, forty-one, and I'll be forty-two in January. So okay, I turn forty-one here in a couple weeks. No, what is that? I turned forty-one on Sunday. I'm old as balls. Oh, how did I miss that? Happy birthday, not, bud! Not as old as you. That's the yeah. so your birthday is the day after our anniversary, huh? Because our mm. marriage turned seventeen on Saturday. Congratulations! Congrats on the sex. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, it is. And oh, a lot more kids are going to school this week. So dad's everywhere still celebrating that nooners are back. Manana, yeah. tomorrow. Ours go back tomorrow. So nooners for everyone. <laughs> Should be in the and ladies. Don't act like you week. don't like it. You like nooners, too. Um, so uh, how was your week? You guys did uh, you guys just go to Wimberley to celebrate? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Actually, yeah, let me recant that. For, for anyone not in Texas, Wimberley is like a, a nice little subdivision of the Texas Hill Country wine scene. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, I, that's not like as... Uh, I would say that, the, that wine is not as central a feature in town. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, the wineries are outside of town. Um, but they don't like, man, I found Wimberley to be so much cooler than I even realized. Like I'm obviously there. It's beautiful. I, I, I describe it as a bohemian little hill country town. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I expected, cause it, it's very art, you know, lots of artists, lots of musicians, like some really famous musicians, members of big time acts from the 70s 80s 90s all live in the quote Wimberley area mm. it's like what 30 40 miles from austin probably um it's kind of like due south of dripping springs and the blanco river comes through town as well as cypress creek which blue hole uh state natural area is part of cypress creek that's a really cool little park um all that stuff's closed right now because the water's so low uh mm. jacob's well uh, oh, well, let's right blame that on climate town. change, Chisholm. Yeah, don't blame it on you know Texas's you know an infinite history of droughts. It's, it's definitely climate change. This didn't happen just like eight, ten years ago. Right. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I guess because because of like the art scene, the food scene, the proximity to Austin, I think I probably expected it to be a little bit more lefty hippie, right? right. Gross. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, those are like. <sighs> politics you know, part yeah, yeah, yeah. aside you, right you, you like know they it comes with that though so just gross just gross yeah i mean it's cool yeah okay great everyone smells and, like until they let oil, but... right and until they let homelessness overrun the streets and open air drug scenes and all that they tend to be cool places to hang out right right especially for a husband and but, wife just getting away for a couple days but here's They're, the thing but, and let me just point this out they are cool places to hang out but it ends up the same in every one of them portland seattle austin doesn't matter take your pick the end well, the recipe always ends with a big pile of steaming doo-doo on a sidewalk left by a bump. That's true. Thankfully, Austin has cleaned their act up because Austin is still Texas. And mm. that's what I'm trying to say about Wimberley. Way more so than even Austin. 
all, Wimberley is a bohemian town that's way more into libertarian, small town, stay the F out of my hair and we'll, we can all live in peace and harmony. Every shop you walk into in Wimberley has got Texas flags everywhere and Texas memorabilia everywhere and come and take it flags everywhere. Like it is Texas to the bone. It is not like Austin South. It is, it is the Texas Hill Country in like hyper condensed form. I was stoked to go mm. and just like and find that it was, you know, it had the perfect balance of, like I said, that sort of bohemian free spirit thing. But all the bohemian free spirit types are into doing things old ways with old values. It's a lot of Christian. Um, um, influence just just everywhere but like i said just like texas 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 just almost beating your head with it at every shop you walk into it was mm. it was cool man all the art galleries super focused on texas landscapes whether it be like you know the harbors down in port aransas or you know you know Hill country different, views different cities yeah some yeah vista. horses and cowboys and you know wildflowers and rivers and um you know texas style wildlife it it's awesome, dude. Like I haven't been had... there in about 10 years. The last time I was in Wimberley was for our mutual friend and elk hunting buddy, uh, David Morgan's wedding. So, and cool. I know, yeah, Henry's Henry was born. So maybe nine years ago. Yeah. Years ago. But, uh, it, it but was, you mentioned come and take it flag. So I, I have one and I, I it wasn't doing anything, anything with it for like five or six years. I, it, it was brand new. A buddy gave it to me. There's Chisholm's got a sticker right there or a patch. And, uh, so this year at the beach, you know how you get those canopies from Academy for like 60 bucks and everyone has them on the beach and it doesn't name the, the coastal, the Texas coastal city. It doesn't matter. They're everywhere. So I just strung it up, zip tied it to that. And everyone that walked by was like, love your flag, love your flag. Okay. So then get them from the beach. And the next time we use it was for like the kids soccer tournaments. And I, that flag was still on there. <laughs> And that's a little different environment, more of a cultural melting pot. Uh, there's every ethnicity represented on Henry's soccer team. And I forgot it was on there. And so we get it out and all the sand's just falling out. And then I was like, oh, I forgot that flag was on there. I was like, screw it. If they don't like it, they can kiss my ass. <laughs> no one said anything though. Uh, so I think it was, you know, if you're going to be in Texas, there's got to be a fiddle in the band. So yep. there's got to be a take it flag somewhere. And a rifle in the truck. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but, um, I couldn't have teed it up better. I, I always tend to the planning of these types of things because I, I like planning vacations. So I found this cool little place on, you know, VRBO, or I guess Verbo. It's what their, their, their commercials call it, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, yeah, they call it Verbo. I've never called it VRBO, but right. Yeah. Whatever. It's, you know, a vacation uh vacation property rental place mm -hmm. right online um it's only like 175 bucks a night but it, there's this place in town called the bell house and it's off river road like a three four minute walk to like the main town square and because it's on river road and it's a historic property they've got access to the blanco um which is mostly otherwise a lot of private property and um cheap it's this little efficiency they've got in the back of this this place that they've renovated slash built 
where they host like small events, cooking classes and stuff. And then they have this one little bitty few hundred square foot efficiency that they rent. Super cute, easy to get everywhere. Great restaurant and coffee place right across the street, river down the street, you know, a couple, you know, few minute further walk here right there in the main scene. Um, got there and it poured rain while we sat and had dinner at this awesome place that they recommended called the something peach. Wait, how? How, I'm so confused. How did it rain in Texas? That doesn't make sense. Dude, we've been getting... So the coast... That doesn't fit the narrative, Chisholm. The coast, and basically from San Antonio to south to Brownsville, has been getting dumped on this week. There's some tropical... There's no I, storm I, yeah, currently. Well, they've... Yeah. They, like our ranch has gotten though. like three-something inches in the last three Good. or four days. Yeah. But it's not hammering us here. We've had maybe like a quarter inch of rain all week. Uh, but we got a nice little like it was cool because i had thought about it all week like man it would be so because there were some you know clouds in the forecast and stuff i was like it'd be so awesome if we just got dumped on when we got to wimberley and sure enough it rained um the dinner was awesome but saturday morning i had i'd been asking ashley lately if she would carry this nine millimeter that she keeps in her car she'd carry it you know in her purse some and we need to get we need to get ashley to get on Aaron about this no interest. Well, she still hasn't ever carried it. It's been in her car for a long time. But uh-huh. I mean, I think it's, you know, she's got in her console. And when I go to retrieve it, it's always like it's at the very Married. bottom because everything. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, Robert. She Hold on one it. second. Let me grab my. Right. Uh, she would be in a pinch for sure. Um, yeah. But anyway, you know, she was like, I'd, I'd really want to practice, maybe even take a class. So I started looking around in Wimberley and I found this place called Freedom Defense Tactical reached out to the guy he got back to me just so happens that he was able to offer us a private lesson basically the owner of the place who was a marine who was a sheriff's deputy here in Comal county now he offers these like all levels of training from entry you know handgun to you know really cool tactical like move and shoot type stuff mm-hmm. um trains a lot of law enforcement and first responder type guys so anyway 9 a.m we meet him at his shop in town sign the paperwork and then we go 15 minutes outside of town to this ranch that they own where they've got their ranges and they've got like multiple different awesome fully built out ranges out there um so it's all outdoor shooting fully controlled ranges um go through his class with him first like 45 minutes is just like tabletop work as he called it which is you know showing us how to clear a firearm right and then showing us how to break down the firearms that we're carrying. I got energy. So why couldn't you just teach your wife all this stuff? It's a rhetorical question in my experience. It's because mine doesn't want to learn from me. Right. <laughs> exactly. The same reason that we turn our kids over to coaches for sports, man. They, they don't want to listen to me. Uh, but to be honest, you know, that kind of thing, I always learn something from that sort of thing too. When you're dealing sure. with a guy with that much training expertise, you're going to pick up a few little things that you had never, you know, looked at or thought about or, you know, just had never had presented to you. And actually though, so then we shot and she did really good. Um, I shot pretty well. It was, it was a lot of fun is the main thing. And then we spent the afternoon ducking in and out of art galleries and, you know, antique shops. And so mm-hmm. it was guns in the morning, Hill country antiques in the afternoon. It was a perfect, perfect anniversary day. Nice. Um, but one thing that I had just happened to notice, I was watching, I've been, I've got a, uh, I've got a firearm purchase looming um, that I'm fighting myself because I certainly don't need it, but I really want a shadow. System. I also want a 50 cal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a 50 cal. Are you familiar with shadow systems? Heard they're up it. there. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're up there in your neck of the woods. I 
Denton maybe, or mm. even one of those DFW, uh, you know, municipalities, Plano. I think they're in Plano. Um, they build, they build f- four probably models of basically custom Glocks. So mm. Glock, Glock patents have expired on some of their early models. So they, they basically, their pitches, we take, we do all the things to, I, I, a, yeah, I do know now that you mentioned that. Yeah. We'll, they build a Glock the way you would build it if you had 1400 bucks to like trick them out. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're like 900 bucks. Um, so they're really sweet. They're cool. Um, really nice precision piece, you know? So I really want one. Um, but I was looking, watching this guy doing like reviews of them. And I noticed, and anybody who's really into handguns is probably going to laugh at me, but I was taught since five years old how to shoot a pistol, and I'm a pretty damn good shot with one. But I was taught by old Marines. Tuck can taught, attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Who were taught the old <laughs> ways. Was, was not my <laughs> finest hour. <clears throat> but they were taught the old ways of well, doing he's things. Dead, right? Either way. So that's right. The, the, the mission was accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I remember being taught initially, like, to you put my offhand under the stock, under the, the grip of the pistol, right? Yeah. That's not how they teach anymore. You wrap, wrap around the front of your hand, which I, had, I knew about that, right? And kind of keeping your thumbs aligned down the side of the pistol. What yeah. I saw this dude doing this review doing was he would fire and then he would hold his trigger fully depressed. Then he would let it out and you could see him doing it. You could, he would let it out till it, till the striker reset. You feel this click, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, he would squeeze his next round. And so it was this totally controlled trigger manipulation where he God, never about the practice and the amount of rounds you would yeah, have. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? Put down range. No, I never have. But I'm just thinking about it in my head, like that would take some serious dedication. Yeah. And you you got to learn to do it. Rounds, yeah. For sure. But once you've so I so I had already thought I'm gonna shoot that way because I could tell watching this guy do it, A, that's how competitive shooters are shooting now. B, I get why. Right. Because any of these automatics, they have so much trigger travel that to let it all the way out and take your finger off and then try to begin a full squeeze again, you're going, unless you've got like those two stage triggers where the, you know, second, third, fourth round is just a real short break. Right. Mm-hmm. Generally, you, you just, there's so much movement to achieve each stri- each fire, you're, you're throwing yourself off. Right. So if you can just let it out to the point where it'll reset and break as, as soon as you pull again, it's a lot more controlled shot. Right. So mm. he was teaching from that perspective. I was able to try it to your point. There was, it took a minute to kind of get the hang of it. And I wouldn't say I'm super proficient at it, but there was some moments where he would had, he had me shoot a rack, right. Of those like circular, circular, uh, steels that will flip mm-hmm. down when you hit them, you know? So I shot the rack and then I emptied my mag on just a steel silhouette. And he was like, rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. And I'd start like, bing, 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 bing. He's like, no, faster than that. And to your point, you need to not only practice that style, but practice it with the gun you're shooting. So you know how much release you have to give before it resets. Cause sometimes I would go too far mm-hmm. out, you know, past that point where it reset. But my point is you could see, and then he fired his up and he kept like 15 rounds, like as fast as I could possibly shoot in a two inch diameter circle at 10 yards, just like, mm-hmm. It's like whoa. So anyway, it's a very effective way to shoot, more so than letting all the way out the trigger. But anyway, like I said, all all in all, awesome uh, weekend. Got all Seven, the seventeen years. Seventeen years. Yep. Awesome dinners. Awesome. Food out there is awesome. Like I said, the shops were cool. It's it's 
deep in the heart of Texas, man. And Where would of- you say that the Texas Hill Country wine scene stacks up, like nationwide? I mean, if you're talking to somebody from California, they laugh about it and don't pretend like it's not even, you know, not even worthy of being in the rankings. Yet they buy a bunch of grapes from us. You know that like a lot of the a lot of the grapes that are raised in the hill country, actually. Well, I don't go to California anymore, but the one time that I went to the vineyards there, they were like, if you brought a bottle of Becker vineyards, anything here, I would trade you whatever we have for that. We don't have anything. I was like the sommelier, I think, at that. uh, uh winery that there there is a county road not i think out just outside of wimberley and i think maybe another one out in fredericksburg there's some highway that's got a good number of them but we don't have anything that compares to like napa or sonoma where it's vineyards a whole valley for 15 miles right so you know it's not in the same league how many how many are is i don't think there is anything in that league so is it second or is like oregon has some really good pinot noirs but i don't know what their their climate's great for pinot noirs but i don't know if they have that overall scene together right i don't either which is what's so cool about the the texas hill country vibe in the the texas wine scene i've been to a winery uh near the willamette valley uh in oregon and it was quite a beautiful spot Hmm. um but so I don't know. Let's call it third overall in terms of pure wine connoisseuring, but it's in Texas. So so number one it <laughs> jumps. I mean, that, that at least evens the playing field, right? Right. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and hit on the Trump raid follow up um, because we, you know, we gave our our thoughts on it last week, but. I think we both had time to reflect on it. And it seems like Trump's just playing them and they're, they ate it up. Yeah. So I, I texted you, I think it was that day. I think the day we recorded was the day that no agenda, which I talk about all the time, dropped their mm-hmm. thurs, Thursday episode. Maybe yeah. it was the next day. And the first thing out of their mouth is the Trump team Trump planned this. And I was just like, of course they did, dude. Yeah. And that sounds ridiculous, but hear me out. So we I, I think it's popped up in the news a couple times, but certainly has not received the kind of attention that you would expect that negative, potentially negative Trump news would get, right? So for those who aren't familiar with now the whole history that's kind of been unveiled over the last week, the FBI Team, the Trump team started working, cooperating with the FBI in January of this year. So mm-hmm. one year after his departure from the White House, the FBI came calling saying that they were concerned about some of the records that he had taken and their secure, like, you know, this idea that there, he may have a bunch of confidential, top secret, classified documents. Nuclear need, codes, Chisholm. <laughs> <laughs> President going to do with nuclear oh, codes. That need a certain level of protection, right? So the National Archives is involved and blah, blah, blah. Well, so the Trump administration welcomed them in earlier this year. They did a comprehensive review. At that time, you know, the story is they, they looked at everything and took 15 boxes out of Mar-a-Lago and then turn some room into uh, 
Um, I don't think they turned it all the way into, I think, what they call a spec. Except not a spec. Um, secured. Uh, there's, a t- there's a term, an acronym for like these highly secured areas. Like if mm-hmm. somebody needs to review co- classified information on Capitol Hill, they go into these rooms where they're like 10 foot of lead and, you know, like they're clean rooms basically, right? But they're, but they're basically like surveillance proof rooms. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they turned this room in Mar-a-Lago all the way into that, but they put a special fed lock on it and, you know, said all of this other stuff that you are permitted to keep, you're going to put in there. Meanwhile, no, like President Obama took 33 million pages of documents when he left the White House. Every president ever has done this. And there have been disputes at times about what they should be allowed to keep million pages of doc- where the hell did you, you'd have to have a warehouse just to keep that stuff he does yeah he has wow. he has real estate just for keeping all of that and that but that's what goes into these presidential libraries man mm. those records and and you know and they 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 kind of recreate scenes on a from the record accounts right so anyway for their own they, they take the documents for their own vanity for their future library right 100 <laughs> so so he cooperates in like, I think it was like March when they did that first investigation or, you know, review, they hand over voluntarily 15 boxes of documents. They go and get a grand jury involved because there's this, now this allegation that some of the stuff that he's got isn't being properly maintained. So they go back in June and they do a second sort of inventory and review. I can't remember if they took anything else at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did. I don't think they took anything further in June. If they did, it wasn't as extensive as 15 boxes of documents they took the first go around. But they did sort of reiterate that all this particular stuff has to go inside the safe room, right behind the lock, da da da. And then Sunday before last, they quote raid Trump's house, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, no agenda immediately flags it as a, a setup because anybody who's paying attention knows. Merrick Garland, the FBI in general, or Merrick Garland is our attorney general. He signed off on this. Christopher Ray is the director of the FBI. None of these people look good, right? They're getting hammered. They're trying to get the news organizations to stop calling it a raid. Have you seen that? Yeah. They've got uh, Jean, talking heads Jean-Claude going. Jean-Claude Van Damme, whatever. She even said it the other day. She slipped. Yeah. Screwed and, up. And, yep. You could tell she was trying to figure out what to call it, but couldn't because she was like, uh, uh, the, uh, what? What are y'all calling it? Like a, a raid on Mar-a-Lago or something? I forget like her name. Like, I just call her the box no. checker because she's black. Right. She's a woman and she's a lesbian. So she's right. got all the boxes checked. <clears throat> Lots of boxes checked. And she's uh-huh. um, she's definitely uh, not good at her job. And she yeah, definitely well. goofed that up because she was not. The, the, the mis- message had already been made clear. We're not calling it a raid. This is not a raid. This is a mm-hmm. very lawful uh, review. And, 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 yeah, and they were uh, executing a warrant. Right. So more information starts coming out. They threatened to release the warrant and Trump's like, cool, do it. Go for it. <laughs> so they released the warrant, but hey, it's all classified information. So what's the warrant really going to say beyond he's got classified information and he's not storing it properly? Mm-hmm. We've already knew that. So releasing the warrant was useless, right? So then the news organizations start, and I remember reading an article last week, they start providing cover, explaining we won't really learn much from the warrant because the warrant can't reveal the terms of the classified material. So if it is nuclear codes, it can't even say that. 
but we can all speculate, right? As it stands right now, the FBI has not said anything that, uh, to my knowledge, to confirm that it's nuclear related. I think there may have been an allegation, vague ass allegation that it might have something to do with the, the nuclear weapons act, but <clears throat> regardless, they, they've been spinning. They've been trying to shield themselves from the word raid. They seem to have a little bit of egg on their face. The white house doesn't even want to acknowledge what's going on. And Trump's calling their bluff. Now they're talking about Trump is calling on the FBI to release the affidavit to get the warrant. An affidavit had to be filed. The affidavit would contain the class, some, some explanation of what was classified and how it was being handled in order to justify the warrant. That part, mm. FBI is like, nope, can't let that out. That's all part of an ongoing investigation. And Trump's like, why not? Let it go, right? Hmm. No, because right. they're the most corrupt entity in the United States government. So you and I immediately pointed out that we believe at least some of the documents that make up this treasure trove are proof of the FBI's role in like the Russia spygate stuff, right? Mm. The reality is, dude, all that proof's already there. There have been members of the FBI that had to plead guilty to doctoring evidence to get a freaking FISA warrant to surveil Carter Page, right? All of that's already there. We don't actually need any more documents to prove how corrupt the FBI is. They're losing court cases for framing guys in Michigan. You know, everybody knows who Ray Epps is now, right? Et cetera, et cetera. But maybe there's a whole bunch more documents, whatever. It's got something to do, in my opinion, with deep state corruption and their need to go get their hands on that material. Well, here's some things that have come out since the raid. Trump wasn't even there mm -hmm. because Trump knew they were coming. Right. Trump knew for at least 24 hours, maybe as much as 48 hours in advance that they were coming. Trump's lawyer was there because they knew that these guys were coming. So they were let in again. They didn't kick any doors down. The Trump Trump's lawyer surveilled the whole operation. Right. We know that when they go and arrest uh, Roger Stone or any of these other ancillary Trump figures, that the CNN's there on the scene when the FBI shows up because the FBI leaks the information to the leftist news outlets, right? Yeah. Right. Nobody knew, dude, not like nobody was talking about. My point here is nobody was talking about any of this. I remember hearing little blips here and there about the FBI interested in certain documents that Trump has, but there was, there hasn't been 24 seven media coverage of this since day one. And they're not even talking about it really much today anymore. More right-wing news outlets are talking about this. All the left is talking about is alleged threats against FBI personnel, right? But the right-wing right -wing news outlets aren't, they're not getting the right spin. Like they're still saying this was a gross abuse of power. A lot feel bad for Trump. Uh, right. But the reality is Trump, this is what, how Trump drew it up, him and his team. Like, sure we're going to make like them look so, really bad by doing so this. As, as soon as this happens that Sunday night, Team Trump is all over the news, or, news outlets. And they're able to craft the message. The term raid, that was mm. their word. That's why the FBI has been trying to cram that genie back in the bottle. At no point in the last five years has the FBI or in, let's call it more broadly, the deep state regime, been the ones on the back foot, right? They are always driving the narrative, yet they did this, hoping to get away with it, thinking that, I guess, Trump wouldn't want anybody to know that his house was getting raided. But Trump was like, we just got raided. And he had <laughs> 15 people out on all the different news outlets by the end of Sunday night using the same words. 
raided by the FBI, raided by the FBI, raided by the FBI, blah, 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 attack on democracy, this, you know, all this. So they were able to frame out the entire conversation. That's not something you're able to do if you're not ready to do it, right? Like, so they were yeah, sitting primed. The left's response on all of their uh, news outlets was to throw around the terms right-wing extremists and civil right. war. Right. And you could hear it. It was the same copy being read on Verbatim. CNN, MSNBC, yeah. uh, you name it. It was being read there. They, were, they didn't even bother to like, change up a word. It was the exact same copy that was being fed to them by someone within the Biden administration, I'm sure. Right. And their PR. Yeah. Well, so the, we got to so, deal with this PR nightmare, and here's how we're going to do it. Right-wing, right-wing extremism and civil war. Those are the talking points. Curry and Dvorak say that the CIA is back in charge, that this is all, all their, uh, their handiwork, everything from the messaging to even the fact that they... So apparently the CIA and the FBI have kind of been at war with each other since forever. Hmm. Um, and so... Even even the idea that they'd allow the FBI to make be made to look bad, those guys think is on them. But the long like the, the main the main gist here is clearly the Trump team was primed and ready to grab a hold of the narrative on this and to use it to their advantage. He had the biggest fundraising week uh, in history or something like that in the the days following the raid. Um, he's all over the place. He's in the news again, nonstop. In a not on a back foot January 6th style thing, but you know, pushing the envelope, pushing the narrative. He seems clearly to have Merrick Garland concerned. All they can talk about is nuclear codes, like as if the nuclear codes haven't changed in 70 years. Like, if that's actually part of what he took, what, what, right. like, are you telling me that those are that they, they, that they're not turned over like once a quarter or daily? What, right? Give me a break. Uh, so that's a lot more to that and it, it obviously worked out well for trump and and one other thing like that i think is true and you can correct me if i'm wrong here but the reason why he won't announce he's running is because it affects the fundraising mechanism yeah somehow uh, yeah. correct as soon as he announces then he can only He's limited on the donations he can take or something like that. So, yeah, he's definitely um, running like there's no I don't think there's any doubt about that. Seems like it. another interesting conspiracy theory is that. <laughs> and this is like a double reverse, but the the, the, the FBI and the, and the federal government, it's just tomorrow's conspiracy is all it is. Right. But that they knew that this would make Trump stronger. And this is how they're taking DeSantis out of the equation, that they would rather run against Trump in 2024 than DeSantis. So they willfully and knowingly let themselves get botched and gummed up in this so that wow. <laughs> how, I mean, how smart would that I don't be think Merrick that? Garland's that smart. I don't think any of those yeah. leftists are that smart. Um, but I do think Trump is smart enough. Here's the real kicker. So it did come out that so so like I mentioned, they were there in March, took 15 boxes. They went back in June, kind of reorganized some things. But then they got this warrant to double back in because from June until that night, this August, somebody in Trump's camp, a, a witness testified to the FBI, um, basically was a whistleblower to the FBI, that some certain classified documents, which he was permitted to be he holding, were no longer secured according to the FBI's direction. That's what caused the rape. Somebody inside Trump's house, literally inside Mar-a-Lago, 
called up the FBI and said, such and such documents, nuclear codes, I'm sure, are not being properly maintained as y'all instructed. According to Bongino, that the skeptic that the theory is that it might be a Secret Service agent that's on Trump's right. permanent detail. But that gets back to Trump. That was exactly what Curry, Curry and Dvorak were on that before it was before I saw it anywhere in the news. And their point was that's what we're getting at, right? Like somebody, so so Team Trump has been working with them for nine months, knew exactly what was expected, had multiple visits from the FBI, were told what to do. And then somebody inside Trump's orbit triggered this raid and Trump was primed and ready to make them look like asses out of it. It's an inside job. Yeah. There's nothing no, I, there. There's nothing there. There's no January 6th crap there. No smoking gun that's going to prove that he knowingly was lying the whole time. None of that. That's all media spin. Yeah. Every bit of it. All it did was galvanize his, his uh, loyalists is what it did. Right. And maybe people on the fence were like, man, that's what an abuse of power. What They haven't rated other presidents none in the past uh, they had hillary clinton dead to rights and refused to prosecute her for the deletion of 30 million emails mm-hmm. deletion mm-hmm. deliberately it it's a really interesting um oh I, the last most important thing i mentioned that supreme court case do you know what the limits are of a president's authority to declassify information no there are none so there was a case called He's Judge Jury and Executioner on that. There was there was a case in 1989 before the US Supreme Court called the Department of the Navy versus Egan. And in that case, they explain that according to the Constitution as the uh, as the chief executive of the United States and as the commander in chief of the United States military, the president has basically unregulated authority to declassify information. Unless Congress steps in and intervenes and puts in law, which, of course, the House and Senate would have to pass and then the president would have to sign, Mm -hmm. puts in law very specific types of information that would not be that a president could not declassify without some specialized, some specified process. Right. That's why they're talking about the nuclear stuff, because the U.S. Nuclear Act or whatever of 1948 supposedly includes at least some prospect or concept of a declassification process. The president apparently doesn't have unmitigated authority to declassify nuclear secret information. Hmm. But that case has never gone before the Supreme Court to be reconciled with this 1989 case that says that the, the president has all that authority. It may not even be constitutional, but let's pretend that it is. The only reason they're talking about nuclear stuff is because that's the only body of law that anybody's aware of that limits the president's authority to declassify whatever he wants. The point is, in the last couple of weeks of the Trump administration, like in January of 2021, 20, yeah, 21, right? He was declassifying everything. And the FBI was stonewalling him and getting, getting, uh, getting judicial orders demanding that he go through some sort of review process. So what he has on him, all he has to do is say, I declassified this. And there's, right. no, there, there's, there's nothing here. They can't do anything about it. So as it stands right now, what this, what this administration vis-a-vis this corrupt-ass deep state Department of Justice is trying to do is to claim that President Trump didn't... That guy Schiff, Adam Schiff from California, that horrible, lying 
satanic sack of crap that like has spearheaded the Russia Gate stuff since 2016. He came out last week and there's an audio clip of him saying, so far, I have seen no evidence that indicates that Trump went through proper review protocols to declassify this information. So I've instructed the FBI to investigate that. There's no such thing, shifty shift. Right. There's no such thing. If he declassified it, all he has to do, yeah. he didn't even have to say it. He just has to be like, this is no longer classified. Bam. So that's really the crux of this. He tried to declassify something that the federal, that the feds don't want him to have declassified. They're still claiming it's classified, claiming he didn't follow procedures, which aren't real and don't exist. There are like, it's they, declassified. They he said it's declassified. That's what it is. The what end. they do, they do. There has been a cooperative arrangement where a lot of stuff will go through a review process, but it doesn't have to is the point. So what we're facing right now is almost definitely a Supreme Court case sometime in the next few years to question the idea of was he able to declassify these materials at the stroke of a pen or not? So that's what this is all about. Well, that's a thorough analysis to say the least. Thanks. Probably a little Follow too long, but on my bad. To, uh, I got ants last crawling on my ankles inside my house. Yeah, you might want to call the exterminator. I need to. Um, do, what do you want to do next? Uh, Fauci, do you want to do butt stuff or do you want to do fat kids? <laughs> Get it together. Where's your composure? Come on. What do you want to do? Monkeypox, fat kids, or uh, Fauci? Let's go to public enemy number two, Fauci. Well, you just said Satan and Antichrist. So, yeah, let's go to Fauci. Yeah, that's a better segue. I wore my uh, tar and feather tyrants t-shirt to the gym yesterday with his face on it. Nice. Uh, Let me pull up the audio from Lord Fauci. And I want to say thanks to regular listener and contributor to the show. My neighbor, Mickey, for bringing this to my attention. He said, is this, he, he, and I just forwarded to you. I was like, is this real? This can't, this cannot be real. He cannot, he really didn't just say this, but uh, let's take a listen because he damn sure did say it. The Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but I mean, it's, it's, I, I, people go to medical school now, people are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. My friends know me, my wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize <laughs> this is in, the best a, part. in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and and all the things you're seeing going on in society from january 6th to everything else that goes on people the craving for consistency for integrity for truth and integrity caring about people it's called the fauci effect <laughs> it's called the fauci effect and it's and it symbolizes integrity 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 the same guy who said i am science right is um, there a more arrogant son of a bitch walking the face of God's green earth than that satanic, vile, satanic, exactly? You know, vile that man human being is absolutely possessed by a demon. He is doing Satan's work to lie so condescendingly with such like almost enthusiasm. And the hilarious thing, it's too bad this is an audio, an audio medium we're practicing here because you can tell when he said the Fauci effect, he must have gotten looks from the panel. They were like, 
where are you going with this? Because he, he, he was but, like, I mean, I don't. don't, don't but really, he was wrong. like, guys, I'm come not, on, I, I masturbate I'm, I'm, to this all the time. I'm, I'm not. I'm not particularly <laughs> proud of this. I, I, I take my shriveled up old wiener out and I jack off to the Fauci effect and how great is, I am every day. This is not something that I celebrate, but uh, but it's a but it's a real thing. It's still a real thing. So we got to talk about it. But it's, it, it, you know, he was Bad. like, he was, he was stuttering. Yeah. He was stuttering because somebody in that group was looking at him like, you yeah. really are the most arrogant psychopath. Maybe in America. Then he history. kind of puts his hand up and he just giggles. He's like, but, but I don't get off on it, guys. It's, yeah. it's, it's just normal. You know, I just jack off in the closet by myself. This is like, day. this was that the same conversation <sighs> or a week later as the one where he said he joked? I think it's the same little sit down. There was like four or five people having a conversation. I think it's the same panel where he, me- he jokingly mentions having cooked up COVID 19 in a lab himself. You guys, the devil. I, w- I just yeah. want to hear this first part one more time. He made a joke about it, about it's making it. It's called the Fauci effect. <laughs> it's called the Fauci effect. Yes. This is where someone must have looked at him funny. I, I don't get excited about that. What? I don't. I don't get it. And everybody starts laughing nervously. They're like, oh, good, because it sure seems like you do. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So the biggest liar in the history of our lifetimes up there, well, 1984 Orwellian doublespeak is that like unbelievable. Thanks to it just, Mickey for it amazes that to me. Attention. It amazes me they haven't pulled the plug on that guy yet. I've been predicting it for months. We have to be really close because of the CDC reversal. Did you have that on the run sheet? The CD, yeah, it's on here. All right, cool. So we're, you and I, the unclean, are now considered clean again. Right. Like, this has to be. So, I, so, wait, so just, just keeping in mind what he just said about honesty and integrity and, and kids are pursuing medical degrees because he embodies this truth and an truth era of misinformation. Yes. The biggest proliferator of misinformation in modern history up there grandstanding like he's this truth teller. And then in the same week, we now have. The unclean, once again, it's no longer separate but equal. Well, we weren't equal. We were just separate. But now we're just equal again after a two-year effing charade on the whole thing. Before we get into the CDC's changing of their guidances, let's make sure to to remind everybody, not only has this demonic psychopath lied to the American people since the day he claimed that masks don't work and flip-flopped and said that they do work and forced everybody to wear them, This is the guy who, after President Obama banned gain of function in 2014, used his personnel to craft a workaround to keep doing it Mm. and then bamboozled Trump. When Trump took office, they slid something onto his desk, which would allow them to go back to the work they were doing, but called it something else, which then in front of the Senate going back for I guess two full years now, he lied to the Senate to Rand Paul about what gain of function even means, claiming that simply defining it as making a virus that was an animal virus capable of infecting humans and then to spread more rapidly is not part of what could be defined as gain of function. This dude isn't just been, hasn't just been lying to the American people since February of 2020. He's the reason the virus exists. And go back and read what this psychopath did in the AIDS epidemic of the 80s, man. It's astounding. He's still 
it's astounding I, that he, I think he that was able this, to maintain a 50-year career in public medicine. This one dude embodies everything that's wrong with politics. Like, how is someone who has repeatedly lied, repeatedly screwed up, not been held accountable for anything that he has said, done, funded? It, it's, it's, it makes no sense whatsoever. This like, one guy, and, and I want to I want to point the finger at Trump for this. He Trump should have had this guy fired. Does he not have the authority to do that? Uh, no, he totally had the authority to do. So, that. Okay, well then you know what? A lot of this blame lays at his feet. He Trump knew that this guy's history, and then when when oh, they started they when they like, started the whole hey, pandemic thing, he should have just fired him. That probably would have been a, a bad look for Trump. But he should have done it. He should have just got same with them. the FBI. The FBI's leadership was corrupt. What they call within the FBI ranks the seventh floor. Which is the, the all the management, you know, resides on the seventh floor of whatever office building in D.C. When he he fired Jim Comey, they replaced him with uh, Rosenstein. He fired Rosenstein and he replaced him with Christopher Ray, who's now the FBI director, who's now defending these raids. Right? He had the opportunity to clean house at the FBI. But instead, he took them off one at a time, and all he did was promote the next guy up. Well, mm. the whole management chain was corrupt that's not draining the, swamp the whole thing the whole no he didn't drain a damn thing all he does yeah. is point it out and that, i always go back to like what is his real motivation is his real motivation putting on a show has he been in cahoots with the clintons this whole time and didn't even mean to win the 2016 election because keep in mind he had a meeting with billy the day before he ran right. for like two hours in a private jet and then he ran and the first thing out of his mouth was mexico sending us all the rapists which most people thought, well, nobody can win like that, but then he <laughs> still did anyway, right? Anyway, man. the one thing he did do though was with the judges. I mean, he he did us all a favor there with the type of judges that he. Yeah, uh, I still think, like by and large, I've always said, first thing he did was unveiled to everyone what what leftism meant and how much of a grip it has on our country. That was super important. If he did nothing else, that was super important. But yeah, he absolutely. Put the judges in place that he promised to, all of them from the Federalist mm, Society list. Forced to vote for him again, which makes me sad. <clears throat> I but, don't want to vote but for him. There was so much more he could have, and maybe it was because he didn't even know what he could do. Maybe it was because he was getting fought tooth and nail by the corrupt deep state bureaucracies, right? Because even the people that he brought into his inner circle, like you know, former Marine Corps General Jim Mattis, and uh, dude, the long that list is long and distinguished, right? But he was getting fought by his own people tooth and nail every day getting thwarted by the FBI and the CIA. So, so maybe he tried to drain the swamp. Maybe he didn't try as hard as he could have. I, I don't know. Or maybe this is all just part of this cosmic game that all of us just have to freaking sit back and watch. You know what I found funny in the so media sh- fishing of le- <laughs> makes me want to go fishing. I am. I'm leaving for New Mexico tomorrow to go fish, fly fishing nice. for three days. Um, what, what, what I think is funny on a kind of unrelated topic, but certainly one that the media is having a heyday with. Now that gas is back down to like $3, Biden's getting all this credit for it. Like, oh yeah. Hey, I remember when you took office, gas was like $1.75, buddy. And you jacked it up to three bucks and blamed it on Putin. And now you want to take credit for bringing it down from $4.50 to $3. And this is in Texas where historically we have cheaper fuel prices than other places. Uh, no, you're not getting any credit. I slapped one of those stickers on a pump yesterday. Was, I was like, I'm still pissed that I'm paying $3. Screw you. And and where I'm going with this now is Aaron got her contract for next year. 
she got a 3% raise. That's great. You know, it's, it was, it was a nice little raise, but that doesn't keep up with 8% inflation. And I think every American is experiencing the same thing. Great. You got a raise. Was it 8%? No, it wasn't. Right. And, and then you look at this new bill, which we talked a little bit about last year. I mean, last week, the, uh, inflation reduction act spending $700 billion is going to somehow reduce inflation. You can't reduce inflation by spending and printing money you don't have. But we already talked about that. I just, uh, I wanted to, we got Aaron's contractor. She sent me a screenshot of it. And I was like, I was like super proud. I was like, oh, you got a nice raise. That's great. She goes, it was 3%. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, dude. Doesn't keep because up with, I'm not going to do what Bill Maher did back in 2016. If you remember when he was like, I hope the economy fails so this asshole doesn't get reelected, talking about Trump. Mm. I'm not going to do that. I'm glad that fuel prices are coming back down and our budget's starting to look a little bit more like normal. Grocery bills are still too high, but you know, diesel's no longer five bucks a gallon. What I don't want to see, though, is that that stopped the red wave that by all accounts should absolutely crash on Democrats' heads in November. Yeah. Everybody yeah. needs to remember what they did to get us here not by their BS and understand entirely that if they maintain the house and the Senate come January of next year, we'll be right back at $5 a gallon diesel because that's what they want. Cause they say that, cause that's oh, how they know they'll that, get dude, us off of you, fossil fuels. You, we are getting closer and closer to the times of you can have your stake when we say you can have a stake because yeah. we, we just passed, we just don't, uh, allocated, almost $400 billion to climate fighting climate change and green energy, right. uh, supporting green energy. Okay. Well, we, we know who's the biggest private <laughs> landowner, agricultural landowner. He's butt buddies with the government in the form of, uh, Bill Gates. Dude, it's, it's so clear what they're doing. And then you look at a lot of the countries in Europe where the farmers are, I saw one, uh, I didn't mean to send you this link, but I think it was, it was one of the, um, Viking, um countries i call them viking countries there's a uh, scandinavian countries right I think it might have been denmark where they were offering uh, ranchers three thousand euros to kill their cows just kill them yeah yeah i saw that too like what why would we do that oh well okay because they fart too much or because you want us to be dependent eat, on you eat for bugs food? they want us to eat bugs it's both um we, we, we got away from the CDC thing. Let's put a bow on that real quick. Um, mm. New CDC guidance as of mid last week. Hilarious. It's like COVID never existed. From NPR. Brand new COVID-19 guidance from the CDC. This, what's funny is like even worse than it's like COVID never existed. It's like any but half the country was even still abiding any of this crap. Like <laughs> people stop. It's the same thing in California. They almost reinstituted masks two or three weeks ago. Yeah, And the backlash from the greater L.A. area was so fierce. They were like, oh, it turns out the numbers have turned around, so we don't need masks. It's like, no, everybody told you middle finger F oh, off. Dude, we're not I doing wish, it. And you're, you can't have, have done it anyway. Dude. And just so that Newsom would have had that on his his uh, resume as well. I the, wish the, they would have done it. This stuff right here is so laughable to me because it just shows the emperor has no clothes. I'm sure that in New York and some, well, I can tell you my company was still Technically, this was the policy. Nobody was following it, right? Those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. That's nice. So if you come across somebody, uh, oh, you're not well, sick until you're sick. Like six months ago, you were a leper if you even knew anyone that had COVID. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus. What? 
it's no longer recommended to screen people without symptoms. In other words, no testing unless you're sick. No testing, <sighs> which you know what? There's a Stanford University stone cold expert, in, uh, medical doctor, virology, blah, blah, blah. What, I can't think of the guy's name. Um, uh, uh, dude, uh, uh, who held up the world? Uh, Atlas, Dr. Atlas, Dr. Scott Atlas was in was brought in by Trump. He's an expert on on public policy in pandemic responses at Stanford University. And he hmm. has said since day one, he wrote a book about this. This dude was a world renowned expert before he joined Team Trump. And he went to war with Fauci and Burks over the fact that they were testing everybody. And remember when at one point there were 40 percent false positives in the yeah. summer of 2020. And he was saying, you're shutting down the world over people who aren't sick. They can't spread this disease. This is crap. You're looking for at 38 cycle counts on the PCR test, fragmentary pieces of virus. That doesn't mean the person's Which infected. Which is how I ended up Stop doing testing that. positive in South Africa in right. January of 2021 after I had the virus in November yeah. of 2020. And then we just, doc we just doctored the test and right. said, here you go. Screw you. I'm coming home. I'm not sick. So those but are three of my stuff right, for like exactly. three days. No, well, dude, and remember, I, I, I documented this in our notes. The week that Biden took office, the World Health Organization put out a recommendation to reduce all cycle counts on the PCR testing from 36 to 28, which is what the dude who invented it had recommended. No mm. more than 28. He also recommended that it shouldn't be used to test for these types of viruses because even at 28 cycles, it'll pick up fragmentary pieces of virus. It does not necessarily indicate you're infected with the virus. Mm -hmm. It indicates that the virus is out in the world. Anyway, that's three of the four. The most uh, awesome of the four unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. So the other day we had a little round of it. And I got the documentation from my company about what to do. And it was still all, all companies in America were still following the, well, Keep they going. were still, I'm, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking something up. That's, that's has to do with this topic. <clears throat> they were used still using if <laughs> they were still using the CDC guidance, but different companies were enforcing on different levels. And suffice it to say, um, most companies were fairly well over it but there was this thing in there that said that like if you were exposed um you had to put a mask on unless uh -huh. you had been vaccinated and it's like i i just rolled my eyes i was like okay so it's been proven unequivocally clear that you'll still catch it and spread it in fact it's proven that you're more likely to catch it and spread it if you've been vaccinated but i don't have to you don't have to wear a mask if you've had a vax because you were a good boy but anyway now the CDC has even removed that. Getting back to Fauci, it seems to me that a certain sequence of events had to play out before they could finally make Fauci the bad guy. And I think his day is still coming. It may be after he. Well, dies. we keep saying that. May, we said may, that about Hillary, and it never happened. Dude, it, here's the bottom line: they're all bulletproof, man. At no, at some point, somebody's never a fall they've guy. Got, they need a scapegoat, dude. They're, we're they might the all have to one. die. Who they might the all have one? to die. They might all have to die for. Oh, who's the last scapegoat? Who Let's did see. the left sacrifice recently? That because I'm not aware of it. They just kill the left. I mean, Epstein just got smoked. Well, I guess Glissane Maxwell, but she. I, okay, we'll say Glissane Maxwell because she is going to jail, and everyone else got away. The with difference everything. between her with her and Epstein is that they've got the goods on everybody. That's not a left versus hmm. right thing. 
But how would we know? Because the trial wasn't public. <laughs> well, behind I mean, closed doors. Yeah, just there's, so laughable. There's plenty of history. If there, it's but... but here we go, Johnny Depp and Amber, whatever your face is, you you can have a public trial. Everyone wants to see that, but this important stuff over here, no, no, no. no. In 1975, Frank Church of the Church Wilderness fame, senator from Idaho, uh, along with a Texas senator, held the church hearings, church committee hearings. Are you familiar with that? Mm. The church committee hearings were a Senate deep dive into CIA corruption, spying on American citizens, experiments they were running on American citizens like uh, MK Ultra, which is how they created Charles Manson, right? This is all, dude, Senate record. I'm not making this crap up. I've looked at it myself, right? These are the church committee hearings. Look it up. <laughs> there is a, there's a video you can YouTube of Senator Frank Church holding up a little gun that looks like it came from an old sci-fi TV show. This gun shot mic almost not microscopic, but tiny little needle darts full of shellfish toxins that would instantaneously cause a heart attack and otherwise leave no trace because they were so tiny. The CIA had a heart attack gun that they would use to assassinate foreign adversaries whom they intended to overthrow because you know they're real big on that going into mm. other countries and overthrowing a government and then rigging an election to create a creating a fake democracy and rigging an election to put their hand chosen successors in like they did in Ukraine but definitely did not do in America 4 mm -hmm. years ago my point is we have been through a period in this country where the deep state got so sideways that they got publicly shamed for it and reined in uh, Democratic Senator Frank Church. But uh, I guess it remains to be seen if that can happen again. So there's your example. That's all real. Look it up. So that, CIA, wait, they, CIA heart attack darts. They killed him or no? Church? Yeah. No, they didn't kill him. Okay, pants, so then he pants the CIA for the world to see. And then, you know, what, 45 years, right, seven, so 47 years later, all of this aside, nobody remembers they don't have a fall guy for anything. They all get away with it. So Fauci will get away with it. My prediction. Here's my hot sports prediction. Nothing will happen to Fauci. He'll just retire right off into the sunset as, like you said, a man of integrity and a spreader of truth in a world of misinformation. I guess it all comes down to <laughs> how bad does this shot thing turn out? Um, nobody listens to him anymore. So it would seem as some, okay, there's, there's two things. One, even if the worst case zombie apocalypse scenarios never come true, right? At a minimum, a, a majority of Americans now know the guy was full of crap and always was, right? Mm. So they can't keep rolling him out there as a voice of truth and reason if nobody believes him. But, it but, undermines, but, but, it's undermining but, their credibility. But do most Americans really believe that he's full of crap? I think so. I think I, I mean think there's still people. I was listening to the ticket, I'm not saying radio like, station. I'm not saying like eighty percent, dude. And fifty year old dudes that are the afternoon drive hosts were talking about how they're going out and getting their boosters. Like I couldn't believe it. Well, so people are still going and getting boosters, but it, it's I'm obviously not, not, not to the saying, same degree right. that it was. Let's transition. I'm not, I'm not saying a vast majority, but I would next. bet money fifty one percent or more of Americans are over that crap what about the woke millennials you think they are over it and they think do they are they embarrassed that that they believe this guy 
Um, embarrassed? No, they're all dealing. How with... could you not be embarrassed? You shame on you if you're not embarrassed. You're you're if you're not embarrassed. Because right now, you're... they all still trust the government had their best intentions at heart. Like if they I think... believe something, it doesn't. I believe something that I found out to be an absolute lie, and I got fleeced for years, for multiple years of my life. I would be like, wow. They believe the government is trustworthy and has their protection at, and best interests at heart. And that they just got it wrong. That's how. That's that's how they managed to hold these, to 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 hold out this this level of, of of hope is that they look at, they'll they'll tell you if you ask them, do you trust politicians? Hell no, I don't. So why did you trust them to tell you that you needed these shots for a virus that wasn't going to kill you? Well, because um, well the government's the government is trying to protect good, me, but the government is run by the politicians. Uh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's what they're doing. <laughs> right. Uh, so that leads us to our next audio clip here. And this is Moderna CEO, Stefan Bansel. Uh, you're going to have, for, have to forgive his English because he's not very good at it, but you'll get the gist of what he's saying here. I'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them. Uh, we have a big demand problem. We right now have uh, governments, we try to contact not only Seth, who is doing great work with his team trying to get demand into the countries, but also we contacted through the Washingtons, in, uh, the embassies in Washington, every country, and nobody wants to take them. So translation, he's sitting on 30 million doses of Moderna and no country wants them. <laughs> it's a shame, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, Stephanie Bansel. Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of vaccines he's going to be trashing. It's too bad. But yet bad. Trudeau's purchased 90 million for Canadians. And, you know, that's another interesting thing is someone who still can't go on my bear hunt now going on three years. If he, Does Trudeau see something like what we just what, what the CDC just came out and said, look, we basically admit that we've been lying to you for the last two years. You unclean, unvaxxed uh, degenerates are really just the same as the vaxxed. Will Trudeau see that? And no, I think I think Trudeau. No, I don't think Trudeau is going to back off one inch. I think that Justin Trudeau, uh, first of all, is a communist because um, mm. he pretty much admits it. Uh, I mean, I say pretty much like he has. He's a fan of Fidel Castro and the Chinese Communist Party and their ability to control people and yeah. fight climate change because of their authoritarian so how does he differ from joe biden then in that aspect i'm trying to find any real differences because i don't think joe biden is a true believer joe biden's always been out for himself um i think justin trudeau is a true believer they're both out for themselves they're both egomaniacs right you can't get to that level of governance if you're not and and to be fair trump is an egomaniac as well most of these i mean they all are that's what i'm saying yeah all, all of them are that right but but Joe has always just been in it for the money, right? Right. The Tr- Trudeau is, you know, certainly in it for lining his pockets, but he, he came from wealth, fabulous mm. wealth. His dad was prime minister. He really is into authoritarianism for the sake of, of control, right? And Like we saw him with the freezing the truckers' bank accounts when they were right. peacefully protesting. And so as a named and specified protege of Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum, because remember, Klaus has said 
we've got Trudeau and basically his entire cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll stop. I don't think he'll I think stop Canada's primed for violence. To be honest with you, like, I really I don't. They're not going to keep putting up with it. Eighty percent of the people hate him, and there, it doesn't seem like their electoral process is as bulletproof as ours. I mean, meaning like they can do these shotgun elections and, you know, alter cabinets. He has all the power. Yeah. I mean, it was a bad situation, but I think if you disagree, he calls you a Nazi. I mean, even yeah. our, we haven't even done that here and we've done a lot of crazy stuff on both sides of the fence. Um, but yeah, so Moderna can't get rid of their vaccines. Uh, you also mentioned in the pre-show that the Pfizer CEO has COVID. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Hope he's okay. Hope his shot I'm sure he'll be taking Paxlovid and we'll hear about his rebound next week. Mm, what about Jill? Yep. Dr. Jill Biden. Positive as well. Yeah, yep. she can treat herself because she's a doctor. Right. The best, just a, a great doctor. She should be the Surgeon General. Oh, thanks, Lopi, for yeah. that, Jim. Uh, you want to do fat kids or butt stuff? Yikes. Um, <laughs> let's, let's get the butt stuff over with, I think. Okay. So the uh, it, how do you say it tactfully? Uh, this is a disease that's only affecting gay dudes that are doing each other in the butt. So maybe don't do that. I don't know. But no one else is getting monkeypox. Except that's not for, how you say it tactfully. I don't know how you say it tactfully, but that's not how you say it tactfully. Okay, well, we, you know, we, we also are pretty transparent, and we just call a spade a spade on the show. So stop doing each other in the butt and stop spreading monkeypox. Uh, if you want to do stuff in the butt, do it with your partner. Maybe don't do it with multiples. And if you want to go back to being a whore, wait till the, the uh, little epidemic is over. That would be my advice. But Dr. Peter McCulloch had some interesting stuff to say because... Our government is trying to give these uh, monkeypox victims a drug that could be very harmful for uh, to them, especially if they have a pre-existing condition um, that's common within the homosexual community. Here we go for that audio. Pox story started to evolve. We heard a report that the U.S. government had actually purchased 13 million doses of the Genios vaccine. The Genios vaccine. So wait a minute. The Genios vaccine was coming along in 2018-2019. And uh, in fact, this is a live attenuated vaccine. And with it, in a study of over 3,003 people in the package insert, you know what the trouble is? myocarditis or heart inflammation and now there is already reports of heart inflammation with this vaccine keeneth and colleagues reported uh in 2018 heart damage with the product in a young man age 36. now the interesting thing is clinically though the people who are at risk for dying are young individuals with hiv we can't use live attenuated viruses in people with hiv because they're immunocompromised so we're trying to give them the wrong vaccine. And we've purchased 13 million of them for, I don't remember how many positive cases there have been in the United States so far, but it's in the thousands. So 
We are so they they create a virus that kills off old and fat people. They create a vaccine for the virus that causes heart conditions in young people, and then they force everybody to take it, and then seemingly release monkeypox on the world, maybe, uh, and then and then dangle a vaccine in front of all the people who already took the last vaccine, which causes myocarditis. They say, here's another vaccine which causes myocarditis. Take this one too. Uh, they're trying to starve us to death by getting rid of the beef industry and all other oh, animal-based proteins. Now we've got polio coming back. They polio is making a comeback. Too many people in the world, and the only way to really effectively combat climate change is a population reduction that would be down to 10% of the current population. They're transitioning pre-teenage children um, with chemical castration hormones. Tell me how this isn't a anti-human depopulation agenda. All I can say is just cut it out with the butt stuff and don't take the vaccine and you'll be good. <sighs> what is the Genio's vaccine anyway? What is that? I don't know, dude. Jenny, it was, they, he, McCulloch said it was, they started it in 2018. So what virus was that for? I don't know. Look that question, up. Bro. Look that up and I'll go on to the next thing because I want to know. And I think the listeners look, yeah, Genio's vaccine. Uh, I want to know what virus that was for because. We didn't have COVID and monkeypox then. And so it, what also is curious is now polio is making a comeback in parts of Europe and New York City. Supposedly. 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 They found it in wastewater. Right? They found it in wastewater. One human being actually has it. Other than that, they f- supposedly. Other than that, they found it in wastewater. Remember when we talked about V for Vendetta? Mm. What was one of the three main ways that they were controlling people's understandings of that virus? Testing uh, wastewater. Right. That was a great movie. Good mm-hmm. review. Yeah. While you're looking that up, the, the Wachowski sisters have tried to warn us about a lot of crazy stuff. The going back to uh, Stefan Bansel, the Moderna CEO. He also it's called was, Genios. Genios right. vaccine. Genios. Uh, he was also talking about this week and I didn't pull the audio for this, but we can just summarize it, that the vaccines will catch up to the Omicron variant. And you will get your... Update. Right about the time everybody will have already had it. You're chasing, you're chasing an evolving disease with vaccines that are no longer... I mean, they're not effective because it's mutated into the next thing. Like... We're not doctors, but how easy easy is it to see that's what's happening? You're giving me a shot that doesn't work for the current thing. But he's saying that you'll get just even said much like an iPhone. You'll get your update every year. I find it interesting that the CDC jumped the gun, you know, because we've known that they were going to come out with this Omicron update uh, by October. And then in August, the CDC was like, we're no longer treating the vaxxed and the unvaxxed differently. So are they finally laying down the sword and admitting that even if Pfizer comes out with an update in October, A, it's probably not going to work any better than the first damn set of shots, and B, it doesn't matter anyway because by that point, everybody in America will have had it. Yeah, because you're chasing the Omironi, which will be obsolete. Like right. At already- that point, it will have blazed through us multiple times over a nine-month stretch, right? Yeah. Uh, Did you ever find the Genios? Yeah. Use of Genios, smallpox, and monkeypox vaccine 
live non-replicating for pre-exposure vaccination of persons at risk for occupational exposure to ortho pox viruses. Hmm. Recommendations of the Advisory Committee on Immunization, immunization Practices. So, okay, this is 2022, but somewhere in here it did say something about 2019. What was that? In 2019, Genios, a replication-deficient live vaccine of virus vaccine, vaccinia, was licensed in the United States. On November 3rd, 2021, ACIP voted to recommend Genios pre-exposure prophylaxis as an alternative to ACAM 2000 for certain persons at risk for exposure to orthopox viruses. Yeah, so interestingly, they've been working on this current pandemic hysteria (laughs) since uh, actually before uh, Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum Foundation held event 201 strategy planning in, uh, no, 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 same year, same year. Yeah, yeah, same year, 2019, right? Because, it, yeah, in no, October of 2019, the Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland Medical Hospital hosted event 201 where they simulated a coronavirus jumping out of a Chinese wet market and creating a pandemic. Mm. And they came up with words like vaccine hesitant and figured out how to use the media to force uh, compliance. That same year in 2019, Genios was licensed in the United States. And now uh, that we're, I guess, over COVID, um, monkeypox is the new rage. Well, hey, there's there's another one that's going to compete with monkeypox. Sure. I'm going to tell you about it right now. Wow. And this is from a Newsweek art- article uh, written by Joe Davies titled Deja Flu. China sounds alarm as 35 people fall ill with newly identified Langia virus that is thought to have jumped from shrews. So again, animals jumping to humans. And th- then, then in the text... Uh, in the article itself, this is the best part. The Langua virus belongs to a family of viruses that are known to kill up to three quarters of humans in severe cases. Okay. It doesn't make kills up to three quarters of the people infected in severe cases. The next sentence, none of the new cases have resulted in death and most are mild with patients experiencing flu-like symptoms. <laughs> that doesn't but make it sense. Kills three it kills 75% of the people infected. They get real sick, but no one gets real sick. Okay. So that's what it said. Three quarters of the people who get real sick. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Kills them. Kills them dead. But luckily no one gets real sick. That's a statistical manipulation. That is uh, another, but it's a, the thing is it's another virus or from China, which uh, supposedly came from shrews and is now the next thing. Uh, okay. Fat kid time. Fat kids, fat kids. Yeah. Do some exercise. Don't be fat. And this is the CBS morning news show. CBS mornings. Okay. Uh, I have the article pulled up here. So, okay. CBS mornings pushed a recent study connecting climate change and hotter temperatures with child obesity rates. Co-host Nate Burleson introduced the study published in the journal Temperature that argued climate change, specifically warmer temperatures, making our children more inactive and more obese. So the timing, Chisholm, of this, if you connect the dots, right on point after the uh, 
Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with reducing inflation, but is really a climate change bill. Right. And here we are the next week. Hey, everybody, did you know that your kids are fat because it's so hot outside? This yes. this narrative is just laughable. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I must be out of steam because it's so laughable. I can't even. I got nothing. It's 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 just sad and silly. Um, Project Veritas has video again. It's amazing how often they manage to dupe these people. Of another CNN like executive talking about how they're going to use climate change. That's going to be the new narrative. The yeah, you know, climate change, climate change, twenty four seven. Curry and Dvorak predicted that like two years ago when I first started listening to them that they would piggyback right off the back of COVID-19 with climate change. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Um, Nothing to do with iPads and McDonald's and parents right. that don't want to parent. No, no, I don't, I don't want to take you to the park. Why don't you go play Gears of War instead and sit on your ass? Yeah. Like I pointed out when you put that on Instagram, um, the same group that shut the economy down, told people not to go outside, um, were shutting down parks and other recreation areas where you could get sunshine and exercise who were, uh, arresting people who were paddleboarding in the Pacific ocean, uh, shutting down local farm to table restaurants, but letting McDonald's and Wendy's stay open as essential services. Uh, oh, and closing down gym, gyms, workout mm, facilities, mm. Um, while, uh, you know, fitness and sunlight were the two best possible. Oh, and proper diet were the three best possible defenses against uh, COVID-19. All those same folks are now saying climate change is the reason for obesity. While they make fake meat and promote that. Yeah, and like drought's never been a thing in human history. Right. Uh, let's wrap it up as you're losing steam. Hopefully this will be a breath of fresh air for you as we go down the rabbit hole of normalizing pedophilia. Your favorite thing, Chisholm. And this is licensed counselor and sex therapist Miranda Galbraith. Here we go. Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor Sicko. attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because well, that's what you are. pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all 
people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves. And this includes folks who are attracted to minors. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, that should fire you up. Let's I'm talk just, about I'll, these, I, I'm these just the people that want to rape our children and I'm normalize it. Say that uh there are certain groups that I'm perfectly content to marginalize and minor attracted persons are among those groups. They deserve to be marginalized. They don't deserve a tremendous amount of sympathy. I'm sorry that their brains are broken and that they're sick deviants. <clears throat> um, but the brains are broken and they're sick deviants. So. And I, and I didn't play that audio. So just to beat up this mind. one this one lady uh, counselor and sex therapist, Miranda Galbraith. I'm going to play these clips as they come up because you're going to see them more and more often. And we've talked about this, you know, this is the next thing. Um, it's the tra it's trans transgender. Okay. When that runs out of steam, let's normalize pedophilia. Dude. And, it, it, it and they're doing it more often and they're being more open about it. Man, in the, during the Obama administration, when you know the Supreme Court ruled that same-sex marriage should be allowed, there were people flipping their lids over the argument from you know the most conservative, you know Christian, well not just Christian, most conservative religious groups who said this will be leading eventually to pedophilia defense and bestiality defense, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, y'all are so crazy, extremists, blah 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 blah. Dude, here we are. I don't know if those two things are connected, but it sure seems like there's no stop to the progressive agenda, right? There, there is no, there is no threshold, no I mean, standard. Their... There is no standard for living. They don't want any yeah. standards, none whatsoever. They take what they can get and they go incrementally piece by piece. They groom everybody to, you know, can be conditioned to believe that, you know, Gay marriage is a sanctity that should be protected. For what reason? Like, you know, civil unions weren't good enough. Got to be able to get married. Got to be able to sue a cake, you know, baker who is a running a Christian business, blah, blah, blah. Right. right? And when what they what was predicted happens, it's just like, well, right. But these are marginalized people, too. So we got to we got to take up their cause. I think that they They're, would have a, a much better public perception among certainly the right but in general with just people who believe in reality and science if you know okay you, you got gay marriage let's have a handshake and say okay we're not going to push the envelope any further that's it we're good oh no no a couple years later oh we're going to start beating you over the head with trans transgender bs okay all right all right we're, we're, can we just stop here is this enough let's have a handshake there's no stopping right. let's stop here we, we all agree if you okay. are progressive by definition all you seek is more quote progress. I don't know. By definition. Can, what's left though? Once you normalize raping and sodomizing children and normalizing that, what's what's left? Have we reached full degradation level of society at that point? I can't imagine there's anything worse than that. What could yeah, you possibly they, normalize they, that is worse than that? I guarantee you they'll find something. I can't think of anything that would be worse than that. Of, Putting the idea out there that adults having relationships with nine-year-olds is acceptable. Yeah, um, I, I can't think of anything more grotesque. I, just, I think I, I think I've got links to this cat. 
Miranda? Many, many months back. No, no, no. Oh. Sam Brinton. Sam Brinton. This is from, uh, well, let's see. Let's see if we can find. Yeah, Yahoo. New Biden Department of Energy hire is a non-binary drag queen. Uh, let's see. Checking the boxes. Biden tops non-bear, but they just keep calling him a non-binary drag queen. His name is Sam Brenton. Um, apparently a genius for whatever that's worth. Went to MIT. Is he the one with the fingernails? And there's pictures of him in. This is a better description. Quote: King of Kink, Sam Brenton. I think there's, I know there's pictures of him about. all over the internet. One of the, if not first, openly gender fluid individuals at the Department of Energy. There's pictures of him in like kink outfits, right? With like ball gags and stuff, holding people by a dog collar, dude. Mm. He has acknowledged having like orgies with animals and people and like being into feces and just all kinds of stuff, dude. This guy is one of the top like five highest ranking officials in the Department of Energy now in charge of nuclear waste mitigation. I'm looking at the pictures of him. That's just disturbing. Yes, that's disturbing, dude. (laughs) This is Breitbart. Brenton is 34 years old and reportedly lives in Rockville, Maryland with his husband, Kevin. Brenton and Kevin reportedly enjoy the same sexual fetish of dressing up as dogs. The fetish is properly called pup play. Well, yeah, that makes sense. They've given lectures on the physics of kink. They refer to themselves as the slutty nerdy one in groups and say they have visited. Oh, wait, is that because so it's pup play. So do they give each other the monkey pox like when they're doing it doggy style? (sighs) Damn it. We have have to go. We're done. (laughs) Enough of this. We ended up closing the show out with Sam Brenton. Shame, shame on us i know shame we should have on i think us. we picked i gave you the opportunity to pick the order and i think you just you did it wrong saving yeah. the worst for last yeah all right well uh that is gonna do it way to end on a high deputy assistant secretary for spent fuel oh gosh all right yikes that's gonna do it for episode 91 of justified pursuit i had a good time i hope you did as well chisholm um, I'm gonna go exercise and then take a shower. This, this is gross. Nooners for you tomorrow. Feel gross. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Cable Smith for Chisholm Cook. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you, gross people, next week. Everything's just gross. <laughs> <laughs>